You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. While you were skipping stones, building forts and flying kites I was missing school and all my Saturday nights Other kids were climbing trees and rolling down hills I was singing songs to pay my family's bills Little me, growing up Broadway Little me Hello, welcome back to Little Me Growing Up Broadway with me, Mark Tuminelli. My guest today began dancing at the age of three. He toured the United States and the world as the title role in Billy Elliot, the musical. He's currently making his Broadway debut in the hit Broadway revival of The Music Man, starring Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. Please welcome the super talented Drew Minard. Did I say it right? Minard. 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 Whatever you want. Please welcome Drew Minard. Hey! Yes! <laughs> yeah. Hi, Drew. It's Hello. the easiest name, and yet here we are. It, it really isn't. Don't worry about it. Drew, you are killing it. You are killing it on Broadway eight times oh, a week, living your you. dream. Now, you are from <laughs> Iowa, and you are in I, the indeed. Music Man on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> a musical about Iowa. So this must feel very clandestine. Tell me about... Um, being from Iowa and doing the music band. Cause that has to be like a little weird mind bend every day. It's beyond weird. It's been over a year of us rehearsing and doing this show. And I still haven't gotten used to it. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I grew up listening to the music man, learning about the music man. It's just in, it's just like soaked in the lives of Iowans, you know, especially if you're growing up in theater, which I did. And I have learned so much more about the show, just being in it, of course, as you do being in a show, you know, just being able to learn about how Meredith Wilson kind of created this beautiful little thing. It's such a magical piece of theater, you know, Um, even if I wasn't from Iowa, I would appreciate just like the comfort, the small townness of it all, you know, but it is very, very special to be able to say the Iowa City names every night to be, you know, I've had cast members come up to me, ask me questions about Iowans, you know, I've had, and it's, it feels really special to feel like I'm making my hometown proud. You know, I've had so many people reach out to me, you know, telling me how special this show is to them. And, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better Broadway debut. Like I really couldn't have, like, it's truly like, it feels like such a great beginning. And so, you know, we're going to get into how you booked it and and the hold pattern, which must have been insane for you. But um, a little while ago, you guys made the news because Nicole Kidman donated $100,000 to your Broadway Cares Fund. Um, That must have been like a wild evening at your Oh, my God. It was wild. During the finale, I didn't know that she was in the audience until the finale. And then I'm like 
standing about to throw my trombone and I see Nicole Kidman's face in like the aisle. That was insane. It was amazing. It's it's so cool. All right. So you're working with like the best of the best, Hugh Jackman, Broadway legend, Sutton Foster, Broadway legend. Um, when this show came to you for an audition, were you mm-hmm. like, this is mine to grab? Like, I, I feel it. Where, tell, Completely. Me, tell me how it started. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in the summer of before my sophomore year at the College Conservatory of Music in Cincinnati. I was majoring Very in Very famous theater. school, we know it. <laughs> yes, yes, go CCM. Um, you know, I was having a great time. I was meeting a lot of friends. I was getting great training, but I really missed the city. You know, I moved to the city from Iowa when I was 13 after Billy Elliot. And I just decided, let's go to college and see how it works out. But I really missed the city. So I saw this casting call for The Music Man. And not only Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster was what drew me, but Warren Carlyle, I've been a huge fan of his for a long time. I think he, you know, as a person who really hopes to, you know, become a choreographer later in my career, I just really admire the way that he advances the storyline with his choreo and just how it's so athletic and beautiful at the same time. So I texted my manager and I said, uh, Heller, let's, let's try and get that, yeah? And I, uh, <laughs> I auditioned like maybe three times and those auditions were crazy. It's just this dancing was like so fiery in that room. Like Warren was just, the energy was like. Top, yeah, at top, the top. top. Like, 10, yeah, 10 just, out of 10. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And just watching everyone, the audition was so thrilling. Or the auditions. Yeah. How many yeah. did you have? I, I, I lost count. I truly <laughs> lost count. But yeah, so I booked the four-week developmental workshop. That's what we were auditioning for. Um, I booked that and I was like, do I leave school for a four-week developmental workshop with no guarantee to Broadway? Yeah, sure. Why not? So, you know, was that it was a hard, hard decision for you? Like it was your family to hard. figure that out? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my family is awesome. And they were like, uh, no girl, you gotta go. You gotta take that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, if you say so, you know, but um, it was How were they at school with you? Were they like, go do it? Or they were like, this will come up again. You know, sometimes the college musical theater programs are really baffling to me sometimes. Oh, completely baffling. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to even go on an audition when you're at school. You know, it's hard that all these amazing schools are in the middle of nowhere in the country. Like, so to fly to New York and audition for these things, it seems a little inaccessible. And I hope that musical theater schools become a little more um, flexible, motivating and flexible to their students, because I get it. You want me to have this training and want me to graduate, but you know, I'm going here to do that over there. So why don't I just I'm doing the thing that we're trying to do. It's like, yeah, yeah, like I'm already like a lawyer in court. I don't need to Mm -hmm. be in law school. Like I get it. Right. Right. Um, Okay. So you book the lab, you come back to New York, you do this lab, which was what a month, four weeks, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when that's done, was that a pretty magical experience? I'm sure. Uh, it was a blur. It was magical. It was everything. It was very difficult. You know, it was everything. It was because you're just you're you're just getting choreography thrown at you, you know, and you just have to remember it. And it's like a preview process on steroids. You know, it's like you have to change this piece of choreography. You have to cut this for the next day for then your producers to come in and look at it and see what they think. And then you have to change it the next day. So it's very, very thrilling, but it took a lot of focus, you know, and it was, it was very difficult. Um, and with, like I said, no guarantee to whether or not you're going to be in the show or not. 
So like, for lack of a better term, it felt like a four week audition. (laughs) You know, you're like just trying to be at your best every single day without going crazy. Um, And yeah, then we finished and then you're kind of like, all right, we shall leave it to the Broadway gods. And then in January of 2020, I got another audition notice. So my manager called me and said, they want you to come back in. I'm like, all right. So then I went back in maybe five or six times again. Um, I did some, (laughs) yeah, I did some reading for Tommy understudy. You know, I did, I danced a lot and um, then I booked it January 27th, 2020 in the Chamber Street subway station. <laughs> Does that, is that a phone call? Is that a text message? How did we find yeah, out? Yeah, so, so I had my final callback on the 27th of January. And it was just one of those callbacks where I was like, if I get this, I will hear today. I don't know why I knew that. I think there was just whispers and all that, you know. So then you have the rest of the day, you get done with your callback and you're like, you know, so that I'm taking the train. Home. Is anyone out why. there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know why I was at the Chamber Street subway station. That's all a blur. But then I get, I get like a group call from my managers because I have, I had two at the time and they, it was a group call and they were like, Hey, Drew. And I was like, Hey, what's up? And they told me and I cried the whole train ride home. I was just sitting there. Who was your holding. first phone call? Did you call your mom, your dad? Who I gets didn't the first call phone? anyone. I didn't call anyone, but my mom was home my mom had lived with me in this apartment at the time and she was home and I told her and she cried and then my boyfriend at the time came home and we blasted 76 trombones on my Alexa he cried (laughs) I told everyone we all cried and and yeah it was very magical you know and then things got not magical yeah (laughs) yeah um (laughs) <laughs> who would who would have known what was to come, right? So right. you were initially supposed to open when in the spring of 2020? What was the <sighs> I don't even remember? It's yeah, like I hard to keep April track of March. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so obviously that you were about to start rehearsals like when COVID started, right? You yeah, never you pretty much not, exactly. You didn't no, no start. rehearsals. Okay. Mm-mm. So then what was that holding pattern? Talk to me about sort of the mental game of like. This is, if there's going to be one Broadway show that's going to go, it's going to be this one. But right. Then the other side was like, what if they just cue schedule and Hearst? I mean, you know, yeah. like, there were so many variables that could have, you know, derailed this entirely. Tell me right. about what you were going through sort of as this like young Broadway dancer about to have this huge moment. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it was, was a mental game. You know, it, it took a lot of like, patience and on one hand, I felt incredibly lucky that I had an offer and I had a light at the end of the tunnel because I saw all my friends who had just graduated college or who were in the game for a long time not having that opportunity to look forward to. So, you know, I, I hadn't signed a contract. And you're right. Hugh's schedule is crazy. So is Sutton's. Everyone, there was no certainty at all. But... I had to hold on to that glimmer of hope that it was going to happen, you know? So I, I always say I put myself through my own BFA program because I left mine (laughs) back in Cincinnati. So I would wake up, I would in the desolate city that was New York and I, I have a keyboard. I gave myself some voice lessons on there. You know, I would go to Ripley Greer. They stayed open for like a good chunk of time in the pandemic. And there's one on 72nd street where I live. So I would run over there, dance, all day, you know, and it was just, it was just trying to stay in shape in my living room. Like we all were, you know, and I, I was trying and I was really kind of going hard, but I didn't want to torture myself. You know, I booked it for a reason and I, I wanted to trust 
my talent. And even if it took two years to get there, I I'd still be able to do it, you know? And, um, I'm glad I trusted that because now we're here, but it, it was not easy. That's for sure. All right. So tell me about one, once we know it's happening and y'all are back in a room together, starting yes. the, you, and you were one of the first shows, you know, sort of in that yeah. first big chunk to come mm-hmm. back. I mean, to open, to make your Broadway debut after COVID in this huge Broadway revival. Um, tell me about what those first couple of previews were like for you and oh. the rehearsal process. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm getting chills, like even just thinking about it, you know, especially now that we're about to come to a close. It's just, I just feel so lucky to to have had this and thank you for giving me the opportunity to like reflect upon it because it's just effing amazing. I'm so grateful, yeah. you know, and it's like, it's my first Broadway show, you know, it's my first time in this room. I've only replaced, so I've never been able to really create a show like this and um I could sense the magic, even though it was my first time. I just sensed that everyone collectively decided Jerry Zach, Sutton Foster, you know, our ensemble members, our Broadway veterans, you know, Jefferson Mays, every single person had collectively decided to make this as joyful and amazing as we could because we had all gone so long without it, you know. So we had discussions about you know, just the workplace and kindness in the workplace and how to interact with people that you're seeing all day, every day, creating something for people to see. You know, we talked about, um, you know, how to put a show together and how to, you know, they call it a joy machine. We're just, we're pumping out joy to these people, (laughs) which is not an easy thing to do. And so to, to maintain that joy within yourself, um, takes a lot and it takes teamwork and I have felt that every single day this, these people are my family and um, to create a show from uh, square one was like, oh, amazing. I want to do it forever. It's just, it's so cool to be able to like see this show that I care about very deeply and I feel very connected to see it begin to blossom with all these like extremely talented people at the top of their field. Uh, it was amazing. I hate uh, this word is overused, but it was a masterclass every day. It really oh, was. I'm it was sure it's like, it's not overused oh. if it feels true, you know? Like, <laughs> yes. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I want to tell you about my experience seeing the music band early. Okay, in the I'd love it. I'd so, love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm happy to talk about it because it's truly the most insane thing. I think 17 <laughs> people were out. Seven oh, my was God. Out, and then the next day you guys show. closed for a week. I saw that very legendary show. Wow. But that's when I was like, saw you because nobody was in the show. So there was like, it seemed dangerous and terrifying. So <laughs> I am just very curious. And it was still incredible. I mean, she's incredible. <laughs> and also you are truly an extraordinary dancer. Oh, like I was like, you. this thank kid, you. like I just pick <laughs> higher than everybody. You were like, it's not like that it's the competition, but like your ability is so high. Like you have oh, such you. great ability that I was like, that kid's going to be a really big star trust. Um, so thank I'm you. telling you, that's why you're here. Um, anyway. <laughs> But you're brilliant, but everyone was working so hard with all these people out and you're still in previews and, you know, people are on for, you know, six split tracks. Yeah. It just seemed insane. When people started to go out, right, initially, when you started opening, was there this fear of like, oh my God, we're gonna, we just got here and we're going to have to close? Was there, talk to me about the early COVID of trying to do a show on Broadway in a brand new, huge cast musical. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to remember because it was such a 
thrilling couple of weeks you know previews is already an insane time you're rehearsing during the day doing the show at night and then on top of that having our cast drop like flies was crazy you know and we it just made us stronger you know it's just also like never anything. happened before like right that is right. not something that's ever happened in the history of broadway where 17 <sighs> people all are sick from something and they can't right. come to work right you know, like. yeah yeah and you know it just it made us stronger as people and as castmates and i would have to wake up every day and be like okay first check if i have covid okay i don't have covid now let's go to the theater and just be ready to move a pool table across the stage that i've never done or do this uh tumbling track that i've never done or you know it's like it just keeps you on your toes and it's exciting but it takes a lot of focus you know and it was just a big it was just a big learning experience for all of us even the people who have done a hundred Broadway shows were like yeah. hey y'all this is crazy <laughs> you know and like, it also will probably never be anything you ever deal with again and right. so for hopefully and so for your first experience to be like you got to pick up something when it's dropped you have to like mm-hmm. fill in a hole there's a light that's going to go on and no one's going to be in it like what do I do so yeah. I'm sure like this that being the start of this music man experience has made the rest of it feel like such a dream, you know, yeah, like in that's, so many yeah, ways. that's a very good point. Yeah. yeah. Now we've just kind of been like happy that we've never had 17 people out again, you know, yes. like, Oh, only 10 people out. Oh, that's like, oh we got that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about what if the, the ensemble of this show feels like the next generation of Broadway dancers, um, which is very thrilling because, you know, it's been, you see those people that go from show to show to show, and it feels like this might be the group of people that go from show to show. <laughs> Are you feeling that at all? Do you like, especially you boys feel like you have such a strong connection and that oh, yeah. you're oh, all yeah. born for this. Like, do you feel like, Oh my God, we're, we're going to take on Broadway. Yeah. I mean, a little. Yeah. I mean, we're all just obsessed with each other's talent. You know, we're all just like such a team and such a family that every time we see someone succeed, whether it's on stage or off stage, we're like, yeah, yeah, get it, get it, get it. It's just, it's been such a cool kind of support system throughout this time, especially now that we're nearing closing and looking towards the future. It's been definitely something to navigate um, within our group of people of like how we're going to support each other and be that next generation, you know, um, while also supporting ourselves. So yeah, I mean, us boys in our dressing room are like truly a, a brotherhood, you know, like we just, we've gone through so much together in this past year and, um, you know, our ages range, you know, we have so many people in our cast and it's just every day you go and you learn something new about, you know, the human spirit or just how to interact with these people as artists. And yeah, I'm really, really excited to see what everyone does. And yeah, this is oh, just going to be beginning. crazy. Tell yeah. me about the closing for you and closing out this chapter. I'm sure in so many ways you were hoping that the show would continue with whoever was coming in. And, uh, you know, we all heard rumblings of people. Were you hearing that too? We're like, or not too many not rumbles, so okay. honestly. No, I mean, we, not too early on in the process, but we kind of, at least I assumed that they, it would kind of be tied up in a neat bow and ready to just kind of be sent on its way. Um, you know, that was the rumblings that we had been hearing. So it wasn't a shock at all. Um, and it just kind of made this past year even more special. It would have been really cool to sign on for another year. Of course, we're having the time of our lives. Like, of course we would. Yeah. But, 
you know, I've been with this show for kind of three years now, you know, and um, just like we were talking about watching everyone else go and blossom and do these things. I'm excited to do that and take what I've learned. Like, oh my God, I've learned so many lessons in this past year that I'm excited to apply to the rest of my career. And I'm, I'm really excited. Um, it's but, it's know, so thrilling and up. so many things are going to happen for you, but um, so many things have happened to you already. So <laughs> at three, what, what, what is a three-year-old doing that their parents are like, must be in dance class? Like, cause three <laughs> is really little. That is really young. Yeah. I mean, my brother Grant, he was in dance and we are best friends. He is such a cool guy. Um, he's gay as well. So we are just, and we live oh, together in New a, York. That is a story. That's a book. <laughs> I know. I know. So he has always been just like my idol. And um, so he was dancing. And I think my parents saw this boy bouncing off the walls, very creative, very feminine, very um, expressive, very emotional. And I think they saw dance as something that he could help him channel all of that. And so they threw me in and I was obsessed day one. Day one, I knew, um, you know, so I was in tap class doing my flaps, doing my, you know, hip hop and all that. And I, I would say by age eight, I knew that this was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, which I feel so lucky that I knew at such a young age. Um, but yeah, I definitely did. I love it. So then you kind of start the competition circuit, like as yes. a little kid? Uh-huh. Yeah, I started that at nine. Oh my God. And yeah, it's a very difficult world, but it taught me a lot. You know, it taught me how to kind of champion myself as a dancer. and. Um, also learn from others, you know, be backstage watching these people like give these sickening dances and you're like, okay, I'll take that on, you know? So it was, it was very helpful as a performer for sure. And I'm sure it's like, so paying off now. It's like, you know, that commitment of like getting up in the morning and getting on a bus or whatever, you know, all of those things to learn at seven and eight, nine years old. It's just like, you can handle it, you know? Yeah. I would say, yeah. Most of us in the ensemble of the music band were in the competitive dance world. I mean, a, a large amount of the ensembles on Broadway were in that world because it just, it provides, you have to have such technique, you know, but also the passion for it. Also the choreography in your show is like uh, insane. It, <laughs> like, it is pretty You insane. couldn't get away with it unless you had like 20 years of dance training. Like it's just, yeah. you couldn't wing that at the dance hall. It just it, <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, was your mom, was she like a dance mom? Did she take to that life well? completely yeah dance mom in all the good ways you know yeah. she just i'm so grateful for her because she threw me in every possible thing she could and made me the most versatile performer that i could be you know so i'm very thankful for her is like what i wanted to do she said yes you know and it wasn't ever in like a you know kind of pressured way it, it just felt so supportive and like Every day I feel so lucky. I mean, after Billy Elliot, so she went on tour with me um, for Billy Elliot. And then after she moved with me to New York so I could go to PPAS. I mean, that uh, is professional from art school. Incredible. Like I know. And I you know. never and felt the pressure of needing to 
deliver because she was making these huge sacrifices to like no, live in New York. That's no, amazing. that was my choice. But you know, at the time when I was 13, I was like, yeah, I'm moving to New York. Like, duh, what else would I do? And then, <laughs> like and then you're I not turned, going back to Iowa after right, Billy Elliot. Right. But then I turned to, like, folks. right, right. <laughs> and then I turned like 17 or 18 and I'm like, that was a huge sacrifice for my family to make for me. And like, I just, yeah, it, I feel very, very grateful. So at what point, a lot of dance kids like actually never learn about musical theater. They're so separate, which is surprising Mm -hmm. me. I'm like with my students that I'm like, how did you not know about this till so much later? Um, Talk to me about how you started to discover musical theater and that you could sing and that you were interested in acting and it wasn't just five, six, seven, eight starbound. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah. Musical theater is a very separate world from the dance world. Um, it's like a category in a dance competition, you know? Yeah. And so I was at a dance competition and someone recommended me to the casting director, Nora Brennan angel. That is Nora Brennan. Um, Shout out to Nora Brennan. Always. Truly. Yeah. And so at age nine, I started auditioning for Billy Elliot. And those were my first voice lessons. Those were my first everything. I was working with my music teacher back in Iowa. And I would fly to New York maybe three times a year over the course of four years. So I was going, auditioning, just kind of winging it with my voice, you know, and just. Um, but then I became obsessed, you know, I became obsessed with the merging of all of these different facets of performing. And then that was definitely a shift. And age nine was the shift where I was like, so I can sing, dance and act at the same time. Like that is just, that was such a crazy concept to me and I was obsessed with it. So then, yeah, I went through four years of going to and from New York, auditioning, auditioning, auditioning. What kind of things were you auditioning for? Only Billy Elliot. Oh, <laughs> it was only it was, Billy Elliot. You were in the Billy Elliot <laughs> yeah. circle. Got yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, you could call it Billy Boot Camp, I guess. Because, yeah. yeah, you would go, you would, oh my gosh, like I remember we would just do these like insane acting exercises as a 10 year old. You know, they're <laughs> having us get to these like deep emotional places. It's like, and then I'd go back to Iowa, go to a dance studio and like do my little <laughs> dancing, you know, and it's just like, it's such an intense process. Um, and I grew like exponentially, you know, because I was forced to and um so it took a long time and it took so much patience from my poor little nine-year-old self I just wanted to do it you know and but that just made were you waiting for the Broadway did you think like they're gonna call me tomorrow and I'm gonna be Billy Elliot on Broadway kind of I mean they just kept telling me to get taller and older and I was okay. like okay I'll try um <laughs> and so there was one point where they called me and they asked what production I wanted to be in was was probably the coolest thing ever. They're like, do you want to tour or go to London or be on Broadway? And I was like, no, I think Broadway sounds pretty cool. And then maybe six months later, they told me the Broadway had closed. So I would go on tour, but it was still like, so you might go on tour. It was never really certain. Um, And then after a hundred more auditions, then I was offered the role and I went on tour. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So you went on tour in this big Broadway, you know, tour of Billy Elliot. And uh, tell me about what that experience was like. What did you learn? Now it's like you're not just doing your number at this dance convention or whatever. You're mm-hmm. the star of the show from beginning to end. <laughs> So the audience, you know, goes on the journey with you. You are their eyes, ears, heart, their everything is is wrapped mm-hmm. up in playing Billy. So how did you like take to that actual challenge? I think I was lucky in the sense that I was so young because when you're that young and you care about what you're doing, you're very passionate, you just do it. You don't have the kind of doubt that comes with age, you know, you just kind of do it. So they teach you these lines, they teach you these huge numbers like Angry Dance. They tell you all the props you have to get, the specifics of that role. They call it Hamlet on roller skates because it's just insane. <laughs> like, And I just did it. You know, as a 12-year-old, you just do what you have to do. And I try and take that with me now as, my, as a performer is just doing things. And um, it was a very big undertaking, you know, and I learned a lot. It reminds me a lot of my music man process because it was just so much learning coming my way and all i had to do was just kind of like be a vessel for that you know and um every time that i've done a long running show like this it's the people in the cast that help you the most which sounds obvious but those are the people who will teach you what to do you know how to do and sometimes what not to do like i don't want to be yeah exactly (laughs) right right yeah exactly and it's just when you're in a show, you just have to be open to whatever comes your way, whatever lessons come your way. And you just have to like do your job, do it well, and also be, you know, learning all of these amazing lessons at the same time. What is the dynamic like when you have, you're sharing a role like that with two other boys? There's three of you, right? Or was there uh, it, it switched. It was four, it was three. Yeah. Um, and it, it was strange. It was definitely it's strange. so weird to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to, as a 12 year old, you have to say, I am Drew. This Billy is Drew's Billy. You know, it's not anyone else's Billy. And um, it really is like a lesson in individuality, you know, and just creating a role on yourself and also supporting them and getting support from them and also having fun because you're 12 years old, (laughs) you know, and it was just, it was definitely a challenge. Um, But I was on tour with Mitchell Tobin, who is now in the music band with me on Broadway. Oh my God. So wild. Yeah. We were both Billy's circle. Um, And so how long did you wind up doing Billy Elliot for? I did it for a year from September 2012 to 2013. And so you toured and you also left the country and did it in other countries too? Yeah. Yeah. We went to Canada and then we closed the tour in Brazil. (laughs) What was that experience like? It was wild. I mean, we were performing for 5,000 people in Brazil every night. Um, And, you know, audiences are very different in places you go, whether it's state to state or country to country. And um, that's the best part about touring, you know, is you get to like see all these different amazing theaters and see these amazing places, excuse me, amazing places. And I can't wait to tour as an adult, you know, and be able to kind of explore the world that way. Now, there's something that in all the 
guys that I've talked to have been part of Billy Elliot. There's something about the acceptance of these two boys that you really follow the show with and who they are inherently and how they live their lives. And it has affected sort of all of these kids so uh, on different levels. How do you think sort of playing Billy Elliot, creating that part, um, this fearlessness about dance and about acceptance, how has that affected you as an adult? It has affected me a lot. I think it taught me exactly what you said, just fearlessness and just jumping into something, whether it's a role or whether it's your own um, identity or queerness, you know? I mean, it was confusing as a 12 year old because you don't know what you're feeling. You don't know how you're feeling. Um, And it was really a beautiful thing that a role like Billy Elliot and a show like Billy Elliot, which is just, Elton John's music and just the choreography and everything. It's so beautifully put together to have that teach me who I am. It was just like so cool, you know, to to kind of like channel that side of me every night. And then all of a sudden it was like morphing into myself, you know, and then we finished tour and I was like this brand new boy, you know, who was starting to embrace himself more because of this role he was playing so cool like that's so cool. magic of theater you know and so it was obviously not hard to convince your mother to say we're gonna move to new york and i'll go to performing arts high school mm-hmm. she yeah. was like great no problem yeah yeah ben cook was on tour with me and he had gone to professional performing arts school and they were like well he's pretty cool let's let's try that <laughs> and yeah then i went there and i loved it loved yeah tell it. me about ppas and how that experience was for you as a kid who had been working pretty consistently and then kind of having to park it for a couple of years in high school. Yeah. Parking it was <laughs> very, very beneficial. You know, I knew that from ages 13 to 18, it was a pretty hard time for child actors. It's, yeah. you know, you have to really focus on getting better, you know, as opposed to booking things, which is what I did. I was like, let's just train for a couple of years and get better and then be patient, you know? And so I, it was just like being in a show, being at that school. You're surrounded by these people who are extremely passionate about what they're doing. You are in these classes where you're learning so much, um, but you're also in high school. So you have to navigate <laughs> the high schoolness of it all, you know? Um, but I gained an amazing mentor. His name's Kyle Pleasant. He's we love Kyle. Shout out to Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. He's amazing. Yeah. He really, really is amazing. He taught me how to put myself into the work that I do, you know? So he taught me how to like explore different facets of musical theater and just art in general and how to like infuse myself with it. And I will forever be grateful for that. And now he's just like my best friend, but it's, I felt so lucky to have that. And you have an, cause I went to eighth grade at PBAS and then I had the option to audition for other schools and I didn't, I was like, I want to stay at this place. Right. It's small, it's personal, it's, it was just so fun, you know, and I go back all the time. I go back. I sometimes I'll teach or I'll talk to the kids because it's just, it's really an amazing place. Yeah. What, what do you think the kids that are there now or the sort of next generation of kids who are just slightly under you, like, what do you wish they kind of knew about performing or this career that you just feel like sometimes gets lost in the shuffle? I think what gets lost is the individuality. You know, as people, it's our nature to compare ourselves to others, to want to what someone else has, you know? And I would say, I wish that in high school, I knew 
that I was good enough just as Drew and to just keep going on Drew's path and no one else's, you know, and I'm still learning that as we all are. Um, but that would definitely be the one thing that I would tell everyone is like, you can learn from other people, please learn from other people, but don't try to be other people, you know, just like stick with what you're on. Yeah. So you're doing eight shows a week, but you're also in school. Is that right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> tell us about that insanity. I almost like yes. didn't ask you to do this. Cause I was like, I think he's like in college. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, you know, it was the middle of the pandemic. I was like, thinking very existentially as we all were. And I was like, I want to have longevity in this because I'm obsessed with musical theater. So why don't I go back to school to try and kind of just learn and get very versed in what I love. And so I applied to Columbia. It's their school of general studies, which is a program, a very part-time program for people who are working full-time, who are veterans, who are moms. So, you know, the ages range. It's amazing. It's an amazing I'm like, program. tell me everything. <laughs> I know. You should apply. It's seriously it's amazing. It's so cool. Yeah. And um, a friend told me about it. I had never heard of it. And I got in and I started some classes before we started Music Man. And then I took a leave of absence to just kind of, you know, soak up the show. And now I'm back just taking a class or two here and there. And then after we close, I'll kind of take on a more full-time schedule. Um, but I'm going to be majoring in drama and theater arts. And then I'm going to be concentrating in either directing, playwriting, or acting. I'm still kind of deciding. But it's an amazing program and it's really helped me kind of like put it into practice when I go to work at night, you know, it's a very inspiring thing, but it's not easy. You know, I have class on my day off on Monday, so I have to kind of, you know, apply myself there and just, it takes some patience and some breath, you know, but I'm, I'm hoping it will be worth it. I know it will be worth it. Oh my God. It'll definitely be worth it. And like Columbia is, that's a good school. <laughs> um, that's a good school. Um, you're very passionate about uh, AIDS research and fundraising. Where did that come out of? Is that part of the Billy Elliot experience? I, like you know, touring. I've never thought I, about that. I'm just like, where, you know, this sort of younger generation, I'm like, well, this wasn't something that like super affected you as a kid. Like, so I'm always so yeah. interested in in hearing what, people how they have come to you know sort of the places where they want to spend their extracurricular time as far as you know raising money or you know uh volunteering and things like that yeah um I've always just been obsessed with the idea of like taking initiative and just kind of like taking the responsibility on yourself to make the world a better place. You know, I was making these, I made like this anti-bullying club in sixth grade. You know, I love to like create these kind of things so that people can give back, I guess. And that's what I hope to keep doing. But I, it was after I left school in Cincinnati and I was kind of in this limbo place of like, what's going on? And sometimes being an actor, it can feel to me, a little self-serving, you know, you're so focused on your path, your career, you know, and I wanted to kind of start to reach out to other worlds that weren't my own or for my own progression. And so I got connected with Research Foundation to Cure AIDS, which is an amazing, very small organization. I just applied online to be a volunteer. And then maybe six months later, he emails me and I become his kind of assistant. His name is Kambi Schechter. And he's just like on the front lines of literally curing AIDS. Like wow. I, he told me that that was his mission. And I was like, 
excuse me. Like, you know, I just didn't understand, but I was obsessed with the idea of it. And, you know, I would help him with these fundraisers and all these different initiatives. And, um, you know, I've kind of taken the back seat because the show is happening and school is happening, but it's, it's something that I'm very passionate about. And it provides me with so much, you know, comfort to know that I'm helping people. And, um, I think three people have been cured of AIDS. I think the first woman was ever cured of AIDS like two weeks ago. It's, it's amazing. And yeah. It's also so good for young performers to have other interests that are, it it just balances the whole thing about standing in the spotlight and how, you know, you were saying earlier about, you know, it's self-serving. And so when you can do things that are in help or in service of other people, it makes your time on stage better. It makes your need to be on stage different. And I think it's such an amazing thing for you certainly to be teaching the next generation of young performers. And also, you know, even your friends that I'm sure don't have that same level of uh, you know, acknowledgement as you have of the world and, and some of how it works, which is, yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, tell me about what your parents, what their experience or your mom specifically, like moving to New York and now seeing you live your dream, like fully in this huge probably revival. What has that been like for you to get to see her have that experience? They love it. You know, I, my family is just, they couldn't be more supportive. You know, they, I had this moment and I was going to save this for another answer, but I'm going to say it right now. Say it right now. I I had a moment like first preview or opening night. I can't remember what it was, but I couldn't see my family in the audience because, you know, it's like such a blur and you you don't have time to really look, but I wanted to You're turning so much. (laughs) Right. Like you have to spot, you can't focus on your mom in the audience. Um, But we have this moment in the show where we come down in this huge line. It's the last beat of the show, you know, and I step into the line and I look up and I see my entire family, front row mezzanine, all just like beaming. And it was so, so overwhelming for me to see, you know, how proud they were of me and how proud I was making them. And I just saw how supportive they've been my entire life and how much they will continue to be. And I was just like overwhelmed with gratitude. And I just, you know, they've continued to show that throughout my entire life, you know, and support your kids, people, because it it's really is so worth it. it's- spectacular. Um, now working with you and Sutton, I'm sure is like a very Terrible. big dream for a theater kid and, night- and also nightmare. Um, <laughs> but I want you to tell us a little bit about any specific moments that feel a little bit out of body. Like, you know, being around these people. <laughs> Out of body is such a good way to put it. You are staring <laughs> at these people who you have admired your whole life, you know, who, who you've watched YouTube videos growing up, you know. I mean, The Boy From Oz is like such a True. iconic I thing I saw it four times and I think I paid <laughs> every time, which is oh, unheard of for me. It was like the most extraordinary male performance I certainly have ever seen in my life. Yeah. But it's just something about like to have that level of magic that can radiate out of your soul Mm -hmm. is is wild yeah yeah Yeah. you know but the first day of rehearsal we said jerry zach said he said we're all on the same level all on the same level 
um, playing field, no matter if you're Hugh Jackman or Drew Minard, you are all co-workers. And I think that was a great way to start the process because I can look up to them and I can admire them. But to know that we're all doing this together on the same team was really kind of like a great foundation um, to lay the show on. And, you know, we call them our mom and dad. They are our leaders. You know, they care for us so deeply, whether um, you began with the show or if you're coming in halfway through, it's just you're automatically a part of the family. And yeah, I learn from them every day. I'm, I'm able to ask them questions. You know, I'm very interested in meditation and um, I knew that Hugh was as well. And so I mentioned to, to him, I said, hey, I know you um, practice transcendental meditation. And he was like, oh, Drew, I'm going to get my teacher to come and teach you. And then he was like, no, you know what? I'm going to have him teach the entire cast. <laughs> so then during previews, we had these meetings with his, which is like the be one of the best um, TM teachers in the country. He came and taught us, certified us in TM and the entire cast was doing all of these meetings. And that was just, that is just one example of how generous Hugh is. And um, just to be able to see them on stage and off stage and learn from them gold gold and also like how you'll be when you're leading a company you know it's you learn right. so much about i mean it's like being a ceo of a company and so you have to yeah. like show up and do a good job and take care of everyone under you and i think when you get an experience of working with people like that you know you bring that to your next job and your next job and it's, mm -hmm. it's pretty cool so how would you say this experience is like held up to the dream version of being on broadway as a kid and first discovering this thing and now you're doing it I could never have imagined how amazing it is. Seriously. I mean, I spent days and days and hours and hours and years and years imagining what it would like, what it would be like to be on Broadway. And, you know, I thought about what backstage would be like, yeah. what it would be like to be in the wings, you know, and it's a hundred times better. It's a hundred times more special because of the care that I've put into it, the care that the whole team has put into it the time that we've spent together, the passion that we feel for it, it is, it's beyond, it is beyond. And I want to do it forever. You know, it's well, such I have a feeling you're going to be doing it forever, but <laughs> this is a pretty magical moment. So I'm glad we could catch you at the start of your Broadway career, which oh, I know will just be you. huge. And in 10 years, you'll be like choreographing every show on Broadway. Oh um, my gosh. No, it's going to happen. I'm telling you, listen, <laughs> all right. We're doing Broadway workshop, quick fire questions. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm so ready. All right, I don't feel... overthink it. As soon as I you will. overthink it, we're in trouble. <laughs> okay. First, first audition song. First audition song. I just can't wait to be king. By the way, from the white. Oh God. Andrew, you wanted no. me to not overthink it. I'm telling you the truth. I'm being okay. honest. Since we're we're nearing Christmas, what is your favorite holiday tradition? Ooh, um, I just automatically think of like listening to Ella Fitzgerald. I oh, love that yes. album. Um, okay. First Broadway show you saw. Billy Elliot. That's amazing. Only the oh. second act because I was late. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all worked out just fine. All right. <laughs> what is your go-to album for a car trip? Uh, oh, God. Um, um, Hunky Dory by David Bowie. Great. Um, do you have a pre-show ritual? I have a hundred. I... 
I, you can just tell I, us I one used, of them. I used to warm up in the box, in the third box, all the way on a house right. And I used to chat with the ushers and hang out with them. But now you don't? Now I don't because I don't need to really warm up for the show anymore. And I... That's um, fine. Nick Alvino and I write on the whiteboard behind our pool table a message for the entire cast. I love that. Okay. Every night. Um, what was the last Broadway show you saw? Oh. Um, I saw the hours at the Met last night. I know that's not a Broadway show, but that's no, the I went thing to I opening last week. It was oh my god, it was amazing. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. I I like didn't remember it or something, so uh-huh. I was re like you know I had to revisit. It was gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Is there a Broadway dancer you wanted to be when you were a kid? Was there like someone you were obsessed with? Oof, Andy Blankenbuehler. Well, he did fine. Um, <laughs> what cat would you want to play in Cats? Uh, can I say Bombalurina? <laughs> yeah, you. there's no rules. There's certainly no rules anymore. All right. Um, okay, you fill in the blank. My girl Janet Dickinson is... An icon? Yes. Oh my God, I love oh God. Janet Shout Dickinson. out to Janet. It's like the funniest person I've ever met in my whole life. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, can you name one TLC show? Uh, Property Brothers. <laughs> Great. Um, you would never know that I was writing these questions while I was watching Sister Wives last night. Um, are you obsessed with Disney at all? No. Great. That's good for you. Um, was Broadway Bears everything you dreamed of? Oh my God, yes. Crazy. And all during Pride. The gayest month of my life. It's the gayest month of your life. That's all the information I want. Um, okay. Who is your favorite Muppet? Oh my God, are you I, not? Do I, you almost, not have a, I almost just said Elmo. He's not a Muppet, right? I mean, I think he is actually in the Muppet universe, so I will accept Elmo. Okay, or um, Miss Piggy, I guess. Yes, Miss Piggy is the right answer, or Janice. I told you um, I'm an old man, man. Yeah, you do have like a very old soul, and you seem much older than your. How old are you? <laughs> 22. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Uh, what's your Starbucks order? Oat milk latte. Right. If you could go back in time and see any Broadway show, what would it be? Oh, the original West Side Story. One musical you'd like to choreograph? West Side Story. Most recent audition? <laughs> oh, um, New York, New York. Can you name two Real Housewives? Oh, Lisa Rinna and... Uh, True. Uh, Fine, we'll take Lisa Renna for the Camille win. Brown? Camille Grammer. Camille Brown's a choreographer, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is, we should have started with this, actually. Um, was there a dance movie you were obsessed with as a kid? Oh. Oh, God, I'm so repetitive. West Side Story. No, it's fine. Mine's Flashdance, but yours can be. <laughs> All right, favorite song to sing when no one's home? Um, um, Dinner at Eight by Rufus Wainwright. Have you ever left a show at intermission? <laughs> Many. Okay, have you ever called out mid-show? Uh, never mid-show. Never Good. mid-show. We'll take that. Have you been on for Tommy Gillis? Not yet. Oh my Not God, yet. whose legs do we have to break? We gotta get... <laughs> It's gonna it's it's gonna happen before you, you wrap. Um trust. 
All right. Um, what are you watching right now? I mean, not right at this moment, but are you watching a TV show? Um, I just finished season one of the White Lotus because I'm late on everything. Great. White Lotus uh, was the right answer, Drew. Okay. I'm so jealous that you got to read, like, you just got to see it for the first time. But I know, keep, right? keep going. It's so good. I will. Um, Thanksgiving or Christmas? Halloween. <laughs> Um, what I'm do you so like most annoying. about being on Broadway? Um, um, messing around with people on stage. Great. Okay. Um, and should we give Should we give Iowa a try? You can try if you want. Yeah, you can. I don't know if you need to. Drew, you're amazing. Can you please tell the folks where they can follow you? What's you can up? follow me on the street. No. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at drew.minard, M-I-N-A-R-D. And uh-huh. Drew Minard, you are a delight. Go see, everyone <laughs> go see him in you. the Music Man if you can get in. Six million dollars <laughs> to see the show. But standing room and rush, $46 rush, $76 standing room. Oh my god, that's like that. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, get, get the, to the music man before it's not there anymore. Do we know, do you have, do you know what, do you have you booked anything? Do you know what's happening next? Uh, just lots of school, lots of okay. school at the moment. I think like in two weeks, you'd be like, just kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm joining the <laughs> company. Kidding, I'm dropping list. out of school again. You're, you're, you're a wonderful delight. I'm so glad to spend a little time with you. Thank and you so uh, much I can't wait to me, see what's seriously. next for you. Congratulations you. on this amazing year of your life. You are so talented and I just can't wait to follow follow your career. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right, thank bye, everybody. You. We'll see you next week. Bye, Drew. Peace. Peace. Thank you, listeners. This podcast is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and the Broadway Podcast Network and edited by Derek Gunther. For more information on the Little Me podcast, go to bpn.fm slash little me. And follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli or on Twitter at That Tuminelli. And for more information on workshops, classes, and everything Broadway Workshop, go to broadwayworkshop.com. Thank you for listening. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.